Hello and welcome to episode two of the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I'm Bradley. Um, I'm once again joined by Stu. Hello. Uh, but no Ben as of yet due to technical difficulties uh, because that's the way things go these days. Um, how are you doing, Stu? I'm very good. How are you, Brad? Yeah, not 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 too bad. Thank you. Um, getting on with things. Um, been looking forward to recording this since we've done the last one. Um, thanks for some great feedback uh, from the people who did listen, which was the most surprising part that people actually listened. I uh, wasn't expecting that at all for episode one. Well, I did cajole a few people into listening as well with, uh, you know, mild threats of violence, nothing too heavy. <laughs> so, yeah, as I said, we've not got Ben with us at the moment. We're having just a few technical difficulties with recording software and mics and what have you, but hopefully that will be sorted for the future ones. He is the ear candy after all. So, we'll, yeah, we'll jump into it, Stu. Been playing anything new? Yeah, always got a ton of stuff on the go. And at the moment, I'm really caning uh, the Sega Ages release of Shinobi. So, for those who don't know, and there probably won't be many listeners to this who don't, but it's an arcade game from 1987. And it's been re released and developed for the Switch, probably other formats, but I'm playing it on Switch uh, by a developer called m2 and they do a lot of these re-releases and they're on a sort of higher level than most of these kind of caretaker style studios that brush up and improve old games what they tend to do is they give you the original in an untouched format exactly as you remember they also add all sorts of stuff like proper saving uh, save anywhere pause anywhere and they also normally put in different modes as well uh so you can have things like extra lives extra powers and they also make sure that the leaderboards are separated if you if they have those sorts of options so it doesn't confuse people between how those scores were achieved um and yeah shinobi is just a fantastic game as fun as it fun today as it was back in the day I used to play it whenever I saw a cabinet because I'm an old man. Basically, you know, that was what I did back in the day. And um, I was never any good at it, but I'm caning it at the moment. And I am a hair's breadth away from a one credit completion on it now. Um, The entire game can be done in about 20 minutes when you know what you're doing. So I've got most of the patterns memorized, although there's a lot of there's a lot of randomness in some of the enemy placement and appearance and where they spawn and when. Uh, but I kind of mitigate that by sort of spamming certain actions and also uh, just being quite cautious. And yeah, right near the end, I got to the final boss and died after three of his forms, which was really annoying because he was on his final form and he took me out with a really quick, odd move I wasn't prepared for. Um, otherwise, yeah, that would have been a one credit completion and my entire life could have just been done, happy, okay, I'm ready to check out now because I've done what I've set out to achieve. But yeah, no, it's a fantastic game. If anyone's thinking of getting it, it's currently five ninety nine on the UK Nintendo store. Well worth it if you're into arcade action platformers. Uh, a good step back in time. I'm not nostalgic. I only play games that, uh, that I still enjoy, not just because they remind me of a certain time. And I say it definitely holds up. It takes a little while to get used to the difficulty level, of course. But once you do, fun all the way through. Great enjoyment, very cheap. So that's Shinobi Sega Ages label, uh, $5.99 on the UK Nintendo Store. Excellent. I think I've owned... This is probably not good on my part. I think I've only ever played Shinobi on the Commodore 64. Um which probably wasn't a very good port. Um, but I remember that being probably the only time I've ever played Shinobi. I didn't play it on the arcades or the Mega Drive or anything like that. Um, mm. It's one of those games that just passed me by. I don't have no idea why, um, because I, I, I remember enjoying it. Um, I think when I was younger, like my, especially in my pre-teens, I wasn't as bothered by it if a port was bad or anything like that, because I had no... <laughs> frame of reference so i i enjoyed it and i've just never sought it out since so on the, the one yeah. that's released, is it is it an arcade perfect um conversion or is it based on the console version no it's absolutely arcade perfect uh i think all of m2's games are, are based on the original arcade roms and i think you know shinobi came out at a time that 
meant it fell between two stools a little bit. So it was towards the end of the master systems. Well, not towards the end, but yeah, by the time it was getting released, it was midway through the master systems sort of heyday. When the Mega Drive came out, they didn't bother bringing it out on it. So it came out on a lot of home computers and it came out on the PC engine and the master system, but it didn't come out as an, as a, a port to the Mega Drive. They brought out Revenge of Shinobi. Yeah. So it never got like an arcade perfect home conversion. I'm sure there's probably been one since, but at the time it, it certainly passed a lot of people by because of that, I think. So uh, yeah, nice to finally get it in this format and means I'm not playing a dodgy ROM. Excellent. Yeah, no, I might have to give that a go, especially at the, that price point. In saying yeah. that, though, at the same time, Sega have just announced we're getting a Western release of Puyo Puyo 2 as well, which has got me really excited. Um, the Sega AG stuff, they've been nailing it, um, especially, you know, with the stuff on the Switch. It's just absolute great conversions of all their old classics. Um, and it's good to know sort of like from things like Shinobi through the Sonic series, um, now going into... I would say Puyo Puyo being a niche title as well. They're getting all those through. So, yeah, good to see. Yeah. I've been playing not not much. I, I was taken uh, by surprise. Uh, by surprise? By surprise, rather. Um, with Winnie Jetman um, on the PlayStation 4, which is a, a really interesting game. It's almost in the vein of Mega Man, but has you playing this, this little Spaceman-type fella called Willy. You go around, you need to collect garbage from a cargo ship that's crashed on a planet, and then story takes you into different places and stuff like that. But the gameplay is all is very, very influenced by Mega Man. You you get your upgrades as you go along, and as the, the story unfolds, you get new abilities and you get better powers to take on other different types of enemies. And there's a review going to be... Well, by the time you listen to this, it should be on the website. But I went in, it's one of those games I went into thinking this is going to be lower tier trash. Um, something that is just, I, I don't know, just jumping in, just trying to jump in on something, just trying to get a few sales. But I went into it and I think I've, I've, I've just played for a good two, three, four hours pretty much instantly and just really enjoyed it. There's some really good humour in there from literal toilet humour to some very clever digs at the gaming industry. And yeah, just a, a game that I just wasn't expecting anything from. It's just really surprised me and sort of one that I'm going to play through to completion. Um, so much so, it's it, it actually stopped me playing Tetris for a few days. That's how good it is. And I think Whoa. that's generally how I'm. That is generally going to be my score barometer. I might start doing review scores as to whether I stop playing Tetris for it or not. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, really interesting. It's called um, the full title was uh, Willy Jetman and the Curse of Something or other. If you bear with me two seconds, I can because I tried doing this before and I completely messed up the title when I was um, <laughs> telling someone else about it. Willy Jetman, Astro Monkey's Revenge. Um, it, it sounds like a trash title, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, no, it sounds like a Mickey take and a very deliberate one. The Jet Set Willy mashup yeah. with a yeah. One of those budget two ninety nine releases you used to get for your your specy back in the day. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, and that that is honestly <laughs> what I was expecting from it. But no, it's it, even from the start. Honestly, the the opening intro movie. I'm sitting there going, "This is gonna be god awful." It opens up with there's a monkey reading a paper on the toilet, and ship is about to be hit by an asteroid. It doesn't want to deal with it. The ship tries to take over, can't do it. Asteroid collides with ship, which starts the crash. And in the meantime, the monkey looks up from the paper and does a poo in the toilet. So as I said, literal toilet humour. Yeah, sophisticated. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be absolute rubbish. Um, as I say, then the gameplay started and I was like, just enamoured with it. And then it started making really clever digs. There was like, mm. one of the first little jokes in it is you go to, um, you get your weapon, you go a bit further on and then you find a better weapon and you can get the weapon for free. Uh, but then you have to buy ammo for it within the game using your built-up credits. And it makes a very sly little dig to uh, and AAA titles and the way that they piecemeal their games these days, that you buy a base game and then you get your microtransactions on top. And it was just like that, from the toilet humour joke at the start, to what that is, that it's a, quite a total shift in terms of the humour. And it was like yeah. really well done. And then it's um there's some little nods to the likes of dragon ball z in there and things like that as well and it's just yeah it takes a few turns and it's not a 
a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to go down that line with it. Enemies are repetitive. There's not enough variation there at times. But it's just a good, fun game. Um, if you do get a chance, it, it's definitely worth picking out. And, and I think it's on Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. So it, it's there for whatever whatever console you first get it on. Cool. So the uh, Switch version is twenty nine ninety nine, and the PC one's 50p then, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I, was, um, I think it's about £13, right. which might be expensive for some. But £13 for a game that is fun, I don't begrudge that. Um and I don't want to say, ah, oh, just wait for it for a sale because it is a good game. But for a lot of people to take a risk, it'll be when it inevitably hits some kind of sale down the line. Yeah, I mean, prices of games is a good conversation to have, to be honest. I think we'll have to cover it at some point because um, I'm playing, as of like, only last night, Project Cars 2 on the PC. And it's just a phenomenal game. I was like, okay, inst- downloaded it, 50 gig, took most of the evening so i got to it at about uh well, it was about 11 o'clock last night which is really late for me sat down to play it i was on it till two o'clock in the morning it was just crazy and uh that game was you can get it for uh on humble bundle for like 11 quid and it's just crazy the the level of detail and development that's got into it and you know just h- how much quality there is built in and it's it's dropped to what you'd think of as as just beer money really over a course of a couple of years, and mm. it just it's just amazing how if you compare that to like the likes of Shinobi, which I I, I got on the Master System back in the day for I think it was twenty nine ninety nine, which in today's money is at least sort of forty five fifty quid, and that's doable in half an hour and just the value proposition and stuff and the likes of game pass uh is just insane yeah no it is it's definitely a, a conversation that i think needs to be had and definitely something we should cover because mm. um again to go to the mental health side of things it's perceived value versus fear of missing out it is really affects the way you think about things and the decisions you, you try to make <laughs> So what we'll do, we'll move this on, obviously, from the, the game inside stuff now to uh, the mental health chat. It kind of comes on from sort of that in terms of making decisions. And it's something that hit me the other day in terms of decision making um, for everyday things. It's for a lot of people making a decision as to shall I go and do this thing or should I do this thing comes very easy. It just it doesn't matter. It's shall I do A, shall I do B. But for me, when it comes to shall I do A, shall I do B, I get to a point sometimes where I do neither because I spend so long internally debating the rights of bronze of A and B. You know, uh, what happens if I say no to pers- to this person because I want to do A? Are they going to get upset with me? Are they going to have a negative feeling about me? Are they going to potentially hate me? But if I do B, and then they're always going to expect me to want to do that and I'm not going to be able to do the thing I want to do. And spend just ages with inner monologues and inner voices debating these two very simple things um and it's it's a really weird situation to be in i i think and it's i can see the preposterous it is as well at times and it can be as simple as i want to stay home and I, i because i want to watch the football for example but someone wants to go and do this other thing it doesn't need both of us there to do it but should I be doing that or do I want to stay home this one time and watch this? And if I stay home and do this, what's going to be the outcome because I didn't do the other thing? It's to have that constantly in your head is is very, very difficult. And I don't know if I'm the only one that feels like that or if that's something that everyone goes through or or is it just a, a mental health thing? Well, uh, the answer, I think, is probably both. So there's obviously the the choices that we have to make as adults which i never like doing i much prefer to behave internally as if i'm still a kid but when you're making adult decisions obviously you're weighing up consequences and you're trying to balance responsibility against fun you know and and, uh your own positive mental health and, and relaxation and should i be doing something constructive or should i be doing something that's entirely play in inverted commas and all that you know just 
that feels like normal stuff on a day-to-day basis but you know sometimes anxiety can can leak in i think for some people uh you know i think to a greater and lesser extent for absolutely everyone so it becomes you know it's it's more difficult sometimes to trust your decision making and uh a lot of the time i find that having people around me i trust who i can talk to will help me you know guide me basically it will balance me out it will give me a good way of calibrating my thoughts so that I'm not acting too impulsively or egotistically or going the other you know to the other extreme and just being too uh reluctant and and holding back so calibrating against other people really helps for me but obviously not everybody's in that situation not everyone is lucky enough to have that level of uh you know input and help around them and I think in my experience the people that I've listened to as a, as a somebody who listens to people as in a mental health capacity uh loneliness and isolation can cause a lot of trouble when it comes to trying to calibrate your feelings whether you know you should be spending enough time on something or too much time and trusting your own reaction to it and it, yeah it it can be a really difficult thing i think yeah fair enough okay we're going to try something because i think we've got ben back are you there Hello? ben yeah can you yes, hear me yes he's working we we fixed yeah. the technical issues I just I got my hammer out and just started hitting everything and it seemed to fix everything perfectly. Best, <laughs> that's, best that's, idea, best way. That's good. Um, I just I'm getting worried. The older I get, the worse I get with technology. I'm just I'm turning into my mum, just getting flustered. And I think in the end, I'm just gonna gonna pick my laptop up and just throw it on the floor and run away screaming. Well, as long as you're not wearing a dress as yet, then I think you're okay. Only on Sundays. One day your grandkids are going to be turning around and going, you still carry a computer around with your papa? <laughs> yeah, it'll be embedded in, in our brains. Yeah. Um, you're, you're still trying to work out how to program the VHS. And you're still like, I've never yeah, used the VHS. So... Why am I trying to program the VHS? Why don't any of you grandkids use Betamax? Yeah. <laughs> These phonograms, far too technical for me. <laughs> um, actually, we'll get back on point in a, in a minute. But just to point out, our generation is... It's, it's almost the oddest generation because we've lived through the older technologies that we mock our parents and that for not being able to understand, but are now getting to the point where we're going to stop understanding the technologies that our kids and stuff like that are really getting hold of. Um, and it's kind of, we've gone, we've been there through the growth and are now going to be sort of almost confused at what that's turned into. It's a, it's a really weird thing. Yeah. I find if you, if you don't keep your finger on the pulse with it, you can get left behind so quickly. Like if you occasionally read you know, tech magazine, uh, tech magazines or whatever, and you look at like, oh, the hottest new apps. Yeah, most like year on year, it's just an increasing amount of what the hell is that? What does that do? Why do we need that? And tech magazines that go paper still relevant. <laughs> yeah, I say magazines. I'm yeah <laughs> online. If my, <laughs> if my stuff doesn't come on papyrus that's it <laughs> yeah so anyway obviously i'm assuming you've been listening for the past bit anyway ben so what what's your thoughts on um that inner monologuing and debating yourself over minor decisions that's something i've gone over a lot in the last year so i've, I've go into my full story another time but after uh, my redundancy I made some time for myself um, I was recommended a very good life coach or counsellor depending on uh, your preference and she gave me a really great bit of advice in our sessions and when you're struggling or you know struggling with your inner voice it's a, a better way to approach it is to speak to yourself the way you would encourage a friend uh, when they were struggling or if they are struggling. And I think from that perspective, it becomes very easy to to change that inner dialogue. Yeah, having that little shift of like, yeah, actually, if my friend came to me with the same problem that I was having or the same doubts, well, how big, how small, it doesn't really matter. But if they were coming to me, I would be quite positive towards them. I wouldn't be there going, oh, you can't do that. That's stupid. Why are you trying to do that? Or what's mm. the point of that? You'd be a lot more positive and I think it's something you know it's very easy to lose sight of that but how we actually talk to ourselves considering we spend so much time in our own heads it's actually quite alarming the sort of the negative inner voice or inner dialogue we can have with ourselves I don't always get it right um, I've been going for job interviews recently and you know I've had to kind of give myself those those pet talks of like I you know wake up and go oh my god I got the interview I'm really sort of 
doubting myself, but mm. actually take a step back and go, no, you can do this. You've got the experience. Read your CV. You've got this, you know, you've done this role or you've done similar roles before. So, you know, and that can be even on a small thing, like the other day going to the gym. So, oh, I don't really want to go to the gym. But like, oh, no, you'll go. You'll feel better. It's going to be good for you. And I know that sounds a bit airy-fairy, but, yeah, I think we can really overlook just how impactful our inner dialogue can be. And I think you say that that simple advice I was given of just speak to yourself the way you would a friend. I think that can have a really empowering effect for people. Yeah. Do you find as well that that's where you become a massive hypocrite as well? I don't mean, I don't mean that aimed at you, Ben, just but in general, because it's a thing I say to myself, I can quite happily dish out advice to other people in a, on a logical basis where they're going, oh, no, this is gone. And I don't know where to do this. And you go, well, what makes you happy? do that as long as it's not going to drastically you know if you being happy isn't going to hurt somebody drastically then do what makes you happy and uh, you can say that with utmost confidence to someone but yeah, you turn that on yourself and all of a sudden it's like oh no what am i gonna do 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 and you just repeat it your head's going and so you and then, then you're going but i've just said this to so and so i am such a hypocrite i'm a bad person i'm this i'm <laughs> that and it's, it's just it's just a, a vicious cycle going around constantly i agree to to a point i think if you catch yourself doing that it's it's quite easy to change that default and just offer yourself encouragement and okay yeah i've sat around i've not really done anything this evening i've played a few video games but in this instance now you can sort of say yeah well but i could speak about them on the podcast or on whichever forum i'm using or you know it can be a conversation starter that could open doors to uh, in other social settings I'd, maybe that's reaching a little bit but no that's a really good point ben i think you know obviously we have our reactions which are very often you know immediate and have a, a physical side to them and uh, you know we can immediately feel flushed with adrenaline or frightened anxious or excited and we're not always contemplative of why that's happened mm. so we go oh well i'm feeling a certain way i need to act on that or i need to remove that feeling um and these decisions are often made really quickly and sometimes when we like you said you query yourself on them in a sort of gentle way like you say like you would with a friend that you would advise it's often a really good way of getting to whether that was a, a positive or a negative reaction for yourself and understanding both is is a positive so understanding when you're feeling a, ne a negative emotion when perhaps you shouldn't or you don't need to in inverted commas because you know these things are subjective but mm -hmm. understanding when that reaction is normal rather than abnormal is something that i think like you said is within your grasp if you are given the right tools by somebody and uh, yeah, no, it's a really good thing to do to non-judgmentally review how you feel about something. Yeah. And just, and I, yeah. Validate it that way. Yeah. I think that's the crucial thing you picked up on there. So like non-judgmental and conquering that fear of negative emotions. Like I used to think, I, you know, why am I happy? I need to be happy 24-7. But in all honesty, if, if you were happy 24-7, you would just be so drained after probably less than 24 hours. And that idea that we we shouldn't have negative emotions, I think, is such a a misunderstanding of of mental health. You know, those those emotions exist for a reason. Um, you think of emotions as energy. You know, sometimes you just you you're flat, and you need to have that little bit of a step back and understand why it's like it's okay. Well, that phrase, it's okay to not be okay, but you know, we shouldn't have a fear of negative emotions, but it's then how we process them and deal with them and say, yeah, I'm feeling a bit flat today, but why? Is it because I didn't get enough sleep? Is it because I didn't exercise? I didn't eat properly? Is it because someone's pissed me off? And if you actually take some time to step back, like you said, non-judgmentally non analyze and think about those things, you can actually quickly dissipate that feeling. And, you know, sometimes you might come to the conclusion that yeah i'm i'm frustrated with this certain thing but i can resolve it or you know maybe i'm just a bit flat today and i just need the time to myself to you know make peace whether that takes half an hour an hour two hours whatever but yeah i, I think getting over the fear of negative emotions is one thing but then dealing with them in a positive way that's crucial to to building a, a pretty much a more robust mental outlook as you've recently been through a situation where you've gained some control there, Ben, uh, what would you 
give us advice based on your experience as a first step for somebody who's really struggling in this area? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd repeat and repeat myself a lot. I'm sure people will get annoyed by that as we go through these episodes. Um, <laughs> but I'd, I would say that advice that I was given of how you speak to yourself, try and speak to yourself like you would a friend. Uh, that was really eye-opening for me and quite enlightening of like yeah actually I really do criticize myself needlessly and over stupid things as well like I'm a naturally anxious person but when I actually took a step back and non-judgmentally listened to my own inner dialogue I was like god how no wonder I'm feeling anxious or worried or you know stressing about things because I'm not giving myself a chance to actually you know perform as I no, I like deep down, no, I can. So yeah, that would be my first piece of advice I could give to anyone who's really struggling, you know, with with themselves in this particular situation is to imagine it was a, f- a friend or you know, a close family member, someone that you really love and trust, and you know have encouragement for. Speak to yourself the way you'd speak to them, and I think you can very quickly change. You know, you're in a dialogue, and then that obviously affects your outer behaviors. Yeah. Um, one thing I should, I suppose, is going to need to clarify with stuff like this um, is just to point out that none of us are professionals, and they are just our own opinions. Uh, oh, absolutely, well. yeah. 100%. <laughs> just in case someone someone listens, and goes, "Oh, I'll try that," and then wants to make a complaint at us, it's all just our own opinions based on our own issues and beliefs and uh, and things like that. Um, I, I don't know whether we need to add a caveat with any of that at any point, but I thought I'll put that in early before. No, I, th- I think that's a very good point. And I think... <laughs> so yeah. Imagine someone <laughs> coming back and went, Ben said to do it like this, and now my girlfriend's left me, I haven't got a job, and all I do is sit down in my pants all day playing PlayStation. What's gone wrong? Well, I think of all of our listeners as friends, and I'm just <laughs> encouraging them the way I would encourage my own friends. <laughs> to be fair, at I, this point, both of our listeners probably are our friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. But no, I, I, I agree with you, Ben. Um, and again, but it's the weird thing is I'm listening to you and I'm nodding along uh, as you're saying it. Um, but I can, it's the, the weirdest thing comes then from I guarantee you later on today or whether it's tomorrow even though you said that and i i i believe you and that's how i believe you should approach it as well i'm going to have a situation where i'm just going to end up sitting head in my hands going i don't know if to do this i don't know if to do that should i do that should i do this should i do this but if i do that i'm that person's gonna be really pissed off with me but this person will be okay with me but i've got that person <laughs> and, it's, I, and i'll be sitting there going but ben said i remember when ben said that and i agree with him because i think that as well but no but I, it's just gonna go it's just gonna spiral again it's um, and I think that's the thing people don't get with mental health sometimes, like when they come from the outside looking in, is that we are all, anyone who has issues with mental health, whether it's depression, anxiety, whether they've got ADHD, autism, it, it, no matter what part of it there is, we all fully understand how it should be done. We get it. We know, well, yeah, of course, this is the logical way of doing things. This is the way it should be done. But we can't. Not sometimes we can, sometimes we can get it all together and we can follow that advice and we can get through a day, a week, a month, hell, even a year. Then something happens or something major, something minor, and it all starts to spiral again. You go back into old habits and things like that. And it's one of the reasons I think as well, it's important to have these conversations, both the advice that we can give out that we know is right and that we followed ourselves, um, whether it's been successful or not, um, but also understanding that, look, none of this is a definitive answer. What I say, you know, that I have these spirally moments might not apply to to someone else. Um, what Ben says might be right for, for seven people out of 10, but for those other three people, it's not at the same time. And I think this is why the conversations we have now um, and again, one of the reasons for wanting to do this podcast is that the talking about it isn't just a five minute thing of, hey, yeah, these are the problems and here's the solutions, because that's not it. It is. I mean, some of these are going to go um, extremely rambly over the week because one of us or whether it's another guest we have in could be recording that day and have some serious things going through their head and may just ramble. 
and that's okay. But yeah, it's what but the stuff you say, Ben, it is really it is really good. And it's something I need to try and do more of. Um, because I, I and again, you can you can tell me if you guys feel different about yourselves, but the respect I have for other people, I don't have for myself, which means the advice that I give other people still, and I know I should give myself and talk to myself like a friend rather than myself, doesn't stick because of the times when I'm in my worst state, I just don't respect myself. Yeah, I, you know, that comes back to the, the feeling then that there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to mental health. Um, you know, I, I I believe what I say, like in terms of, you know, you speak to yourself the way you would a friend but I totally get what you're saying. And, you know, I'm not going to stand here and go, I do it perfectly all the time. Like tomorrow morning, I'm doing a 5K race. Now I've run marathons. I've done half marathons. I've done 10Ks, 5Ks, whatever. I've done hundreds of training runs, thousands of training runs, but I will still go to that start line with a bit of self-doubt. Mm. But I think it's it's having, first of all, having an awareness and then it's having a discipline to recognize an issue. Now, obviously, you know, inner dialogue is just but one factor in mental health. But I think, yeah, it's having, I think it's interesting when you say about having respect for yourself, because yeah, that again, that's a huge issue for me. Like my self-esteem is, you know, it's low enough that it could parachute out of a snake's ass sometimes. But yeah, I think it, that's a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> But that self-esteem, I've yeah, it's something I've built up over time, and I think again, it, it's it's recognizing or having that self-awareness and having that discipline to go to recognize the problem and actually tackle it. One of the things that I was diagnosed with clinical depression in 2015. Again, that is something I would like to talk about another time, um, just the process, etc. But at that point. I was really struggling and it took a long time to get out of that rut over a year. But then I came to the kind of the, the conclusion with myself is like, I can tell people I've been clinically depressed, but I don't want to be defined by that. And, you know, I've had ups yeah. and downs since then. And it's like, okay, at least now I've got the tools. I've recognized it, you know, coach myself through it, but also use some other things that we can talk about another time. But yeah, I think it is having that discipline to, you know, take responsibility for it and yeah we we all have days when we feel bad and there's still are days when I really do struggle and I and I'd lose sight of that responsibility but I think you know it's it's almost like a, a stick in a river you just have to or a log in the river rather you just have to try and grab onto it sometimes sometimes you'll get carried away but sometimes you'll actually you know get some stability take a little step up from you know the rut that you're feeling that you're in no, I, I totally, totally, totally agree with that. And it's, um, again, with the whole, the inner dialogue thing going on, when I had that, talking about that last little bit and responding to what you said before, I'm literally about 10 seconds into it. My inner dialogue is going, you need to shut up now because you're shitting on everything Ben's just said. You sound like you're really <laughs> cheap. You're taking everything he's just said and throwing it out the window. You need to shut up now. No, you're still talking. Stop saying what you're saying. You're going to offend him. I, but that's going on as well. And it's so hard to sort of like really focus on yourself because you've got you've got those voices going on and they're not I think the way that's always been portrayed in popular culture in in tv and film and stuff like that is those those inner voices are shown as what is it like the devil and <laughs> an angel or whatever a demon and an angel on your shoulder and it's not like that there's no, they're not black and white. It's those voices are just pure grey. If you want, they're not black and white. They are just grey and they're just in there and they're just little self nuggets of doubt and stuff like that. And I'm I'm fairly sure, and you can clarify it if you want, that I wasn't shitting on everything you just said. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm um, completely offended. This is my last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. I'm fairly sure I was, I was just rebutted. But then you go, but there's those little with a voices are just going at you constantly and i'm going right that's it now stop please say something else though I <laughs> and it, it's just really weird it's a really weird mm. thing to have to go through daily i think though that it, the fact that you both you guys have shared those experiences shows the value of having this conversation like it shows it immediately however you both individually feel afterwards once you've shared whether it's drained or enovated or whatever um just the fact that you're able to do it will impact other people positively 
because they can go yeah yeah i have those experiences i feel that way sometimes it's a, it's a great way of sort of normalizing these emotions which you know as we've said right at the top of the podcast it's something that is not talked about enough in in standard everyday life and um so just to sort of go back onto the sort of yeah we're, we're not professionals kind of thing the only sort of claim to any kind of background i have in this is so i've, I've spent six years as a, a samaritans listening volunteer and uh i'm a accredited mental health first aider and i've also got a, a mental health advocacy diploma as well so it, it's something that's really important in my life and i from my experience listening to people active listening which i think again we'll cover on a separate podcast it's a really good topic uh, but actively listening to people and letting them just express themselves is such a good way of normalizing and becoming familiar with how you feel and how others feel so yeah no i think it's really great this conversation it's it's good for me good for you guys hopefully as well the more we share the more we talk about these things the more we normalize them and they should be normal the human emotion is you know that's one of the biggest factors in all of our lives and you know bottling everything up and secreting yourself away from conversations because you've got self-doubt or worries it's hard sometimes putting yourself out there is really difficult hopefully people listening will you know i'm sure some of them will go oh, ben he doesn't know what he's talking about i'm not going to talk to myself like i would a friend i talk to myself however i damn well please but hopefully there'll be someone that will actually get that little light bulb effect from anything that we're saying of like actually yeah I, i've been feeling this certain way and you know what you guys are saying that helped me through or that gave me a little starting point um i agree no advice is going to be perfect or universal but just to agree to your points to like having a having the conversation is a huge starting point for people and whether they're involved with that or just listening i think that can make a big difference to people it is and what what's really interesting is is, is the way i don't think it needs to be your specific area that you have an issue with at times there was a video i watched going back a couple of weeks now um by a guy called joe Tresini. he's got to be a public figure of some sort because he's got a blue tick next to his name on twitter but i couldn't tell you where it was from unfortunately who he is um, but he put a video up, talks about he's dealing with borderline personality disorder um, and the way the, um, he'll do something, something in the back of his head saying this to be different and contradictory all the time and, and so on and so forth. And he puts together a really good video that is it's funny and it's charming, and it, but it just nails borderline personality yeah, disorder. Yeah, it's superb. Really well. mm. uh, now, I don't think I've got borderline personality disorder. Um, I'm 90% sure that I don't, but the, the way he covers that speaks volumes, I think, to other areas of mental health as well. And what you have when you have those moments of self doubt or depression really hits home, there are elements of what he says in that video that, that come to the fore with that. So, with the discussions we have and around what we've just spoke about, it's not a pigeonhole, this will deal with depression and this bit will be for anxiety. This will be for people with ADHD. Um, it's going to be, I think, whatever you, whether you, even if you haven't got any mental health issues, um, I'm a big believer is, I don't, I don't think there's a single person out there that doesn't have some kind of mental health issue. It's just how it's manifested. But even if you feel you're someone who doesn't suffer with anything from mental health, the coping mechanisms of each individual can have a relevance on how you deal with things and um, whether it's been labeled as that for you does not matter um but i said i will link to the video on the tweet um in the description wherever you see it um but it is really worth watching because again it's someone i don't believe is a professional uh, i don't believe that's why he's got his blue tick next to his name or anything like that i'm guessing he's an actor or something like that or a comedian he talks about things openly and honestly and it, it, it led and when i watched it, it actually it it stuck with me in such a positive way but he never set out to say hey brad this is for you um and i think what we need to do is again like i'll take on board and i, I will definitely take on board the stuff ben's been talking about Dane, his coping mechanisms and i will try and put some of that into practice over the course of a weekend um it may work it may not but you know that's one of those things um it's i'm just glad now 
that the conversation i'm not saying that we started it but the conversation is happening um and i was influenced to get mental health gaming going because of other people starting the conversation and if if other people then join the conversation because of this then i know we've done something great and something right um but yeah it's 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 interesting to the way I think each week we'll have something different, hopefully, to speak about, but we may even just repeat the stuff we've just done um, next week or in a couple of weeks' time because you just don't know how it's going to come, but the conversation is there. Yeah, and I, I think it's hugely important to keep that conversation going. There's been a massive cultural shift, you know, in, in, the, in terms of how people feel about mental health, but, you know, people actually now aren't, as afraid or aren't as timid about speaking up in one respect but there's also hundreds of thousands millions of people that perhaps aren't quite in that situation or don't have that outlet so yeah we're not going to be able to reach them all but we if we reach one two ten people and can make their lives a bit mm. better or give them the encouragement to join the conversation whether it's you know tweeting at us or just listening to the conversation i think that's that's massively important and you know i'm not arrogant enough to stand here and go you know what i'm saying is absolutely right because again there's no one size fits all approach and you know mental health thoughts feelings they're almost like a washing machine inside the head it's just everything's overlapping and tumbling over each other there's no one thread that you can latch onto and solve you know someone's self-doubt or self-esteem or with one magic word but as long as you keep that conversation going and keep that dialogue going you can reach people and you know encourage them to have a little bit of respect for themselves and actually you know give them that little platform to go actually yeah i am worthy of improving my own mental health i am worthy and i do have a you know a reason to to share i've got things i can tell you know, share with people and i can join in with things we don't you know what we say we don't know exactly what's gonna you know ring true with people but as long as we keep having the conversations that's that's vital yeah and uh, the last bit i'll cover on this before we 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 start to wrap up um and i said we always like, i always like to finish on something non-related so it's it's nice and sandwiched future podcasts will definitely have the discussion around the supposed idea that as a, a as a human race we are more open to mental health now and it's not as a taboo a subject and why i don't think that's always necessarily the case it has improved but there's still a long way to go but yeah there's definitely discussions we had there and also along the lines of i used to be obsessed when i've done other podcasts and uh, written in the past if i wasn't seeing numbers into the thousands or listenership or the amount of readers we had and things like that that bothered me it bothered me a lot it's like why aren't i as popular why aren't i reaching people whereas i think with this as long as i'm hearing or seeing that one person has listened to it and it's that knowing that maybe we're getting to that one person in a positive way and stopping them doing something stupid or we're helping them in any way shape or form um, and i don't care how it would be helping them then it's something I want to carry on doing. Um, I, you know, the obsession with numbers is something I'm trying to get over personally. Um, yeah. And again, it's again all future discussion that the things, again, the comparing ourselves to people all the time or or being afraid to speak to certain people. It's all, it's all stuff we will discuss on a future podcast. But again, the conversation it is opening up and I'm hoping we're doing our bit for that. Yeah, I think just to add to that and, you know, we'll, we will talk about that in more in depth at another time. Social media can have such a huge impact and how we consume that and how we digest, you know, what we look at on a daily basis. We probably half the time don't realise, you know, that's something else I did in my counselling sessions. about actually look at what, who are you following? Like, are they relevant to you or are they kind of disrupting, you know, your mental progress? And it was, you know, I went through and I actually removed a few things that I was following because, yeah, actually, when I look at them, actually analyze them, it's like, well, yeah, if I'm seeing that, no wonder I'm having, you know, a negative thought or you know, following a unhealthy kind of lifestyle. Um, so I think, yeah, social media, that's a 
much bigger conversation but i think it's interesting when you hear like instagram are removing or i think they did a trial where they're removing likes public likes from posts so i think you can see how many you've got yourself but you can't see how many other people have got and perhaps steer people a little bit away from that comparison of you know popularity mm. and numbers it's essentially it's all meaningless it's like it doesn't matter you be you like you said earlier as long as you're not hurting someone you know you're not doing anything that's overtly offensive you be you and the more we can encourage people to do that you know without the need for likes and ticks and retweets whatever yeah that that's a, another really interesting conversation to go into for another time there you go so we've got at least two more shows to As I said, I like to finish on something that's not particularly mental health related. Usually it would be a case of we'd go maybe in depth into a particular game that's relevant at the time. But seeing as he was missing from the first part of the show um, due to technical issues, um, we're going to just finish with Ben and ask Ben what he's been playing. So since we last spoke, I've got a little selection of titles. Um, after enjoying Injustice 2, I have picked up Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, last episode, Brad, you spoke um, about games nailing their colours to a mast. Obviously, for Not Tonight, that was in a far, far more political context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with Mortal Kombat 11, <laughs> the adherence that they have to that hyper-violence, you know, talk about it's not just nailed onto the mast, it's drilled in there with a severed limb, dripping in blood. It's so OTT to the point it's ludicrous, but it's such... <laughs> just such a enjoyably stupid escapist um game to play i've also been dipping into uh don't die mr robot which oh yes is the perfect just one more type game yeah. great game i pick it up for 10 15 minutes or I, an hour's gone it's such a beautifully balanced game gets quite fiendishly difficult towards the end i've, I've still got a couple of the remix modes to finish I off i forget how long that's actually been out now um back when it first released for the vita i, I interviewed um one of the developers um, about oh, the cool. time of its release and it was a really good conversation we had and he was talking about games development um, and i was just totally enamored with the game it looks uh, i think i said it to him at the time i said it looks crap <laughs> and the initial release did you know they, they've spruced up the graphics a little bit and i said but it's got everything you need yeah. and, and i think i said to him i likened it at the time to um uh thomas was alone and i said like that was really clever in the way it told stories just using like basic shapes and the different personalities that came from these basic shapes i said you've got everything you need you've got crudely drawn square graphics with eyes you've got through and you've got enemies, and you 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 know what you've got to do. It, it is deadly simple, but it's yeah. I, I the initial release of that, I spent hours upon hours upon hours playing. Um, so I'm glad more people are playing it because it deserves he deserves every sale he gets for that game. Even the titles, like, oh, what's that going to be? And like you say, you you first load it up, you're like, oh, what 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 is this? But I think within five minutes of playing it, it's just such a such a simple game it's so enjoyable because of not because of its simplicity but just because everything about it works the, me the mechanics around it are just all beautifully balanced you know the levels in the remix mode you play for 30 seconds to a, a minute maybe longer if you're quite good at the game but most of them don't require much of your time but they're also it's one of those games where i think you play and when you make a mistake, you realize it was your mistake. It's not because the game's yeah. unfair or because, you know, oh, that piece of fruit was well out of my roots. It's because I wasn't looking at the, the wriggling snake that was coming towards me or I took my eye off something else on the underside of the screen. So, yeah, it just tempts you. It tempts you to try and be, you get, you get cocky. In oh, that I, game. yeah, totally. <laughs> it's brilliant that you said the game, right, I've got this, I've got a bugger. <laughs> yeah. Just, just as a reminder, uh, can you skim over what the gameplay entails? It's, a, it's, it's the best way of describing it is the pacifist mode from Geometry Wars. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. That that is what the closest thing. If you played Geometry Wars and you play pacifist mode, it's the closest thing to that. Except you're not going through gates to destroy enemies; it's collecting fruit. Um, you can pick it up on the Switch. Yep. Um, now for pennies. And actually, I think the Switch version they've improved because there's one 
probably the only grievance I have is the controls on the PlayStation are a little bit oversensitive. Like, I think the Switch is refined, so you can do slightly more precise controls, which can actually you know, make a difference when you're trying yeah. to get your twenty sixth strawberry. But yeah, buy it, buy it, buy it. If you, if you've anyone who hasn't played it, yeah, get it. It is honestly, it is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, um, I wholeheartedly recommend it. I'd, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful little game. Excellent. Right. So before we drag on any further, because I'm sure we could go on with some more. Unless and either of you have anything major you want to add? No, I was just going to say very quickly. Titanfall Two is an absolute joy. Oh, it's it's obviously not a new game, but it, yeah, for me, it's it's riding a roller coaster with your arms in the air. It's chocolate brownies with extra fudge sauce. It's bank holiday bathed in warm sunshine it's complete joy I mean, i'll tell you what i've got loads i can find that we'll discuss that one next week um because yeah it is a fantastic game Stu, anything to add before we finish uh some of the others on my radar mostly vr stuff i'll talk about it a bit more next week but i can heartily recommend red matter which is a exploration slash puzzle game in first person view available for psvr and also on pc uh so if you get a chance check that out uh, red matter it's fairly cheap check it out excellent um so yeah that's been it for episode two um technical difficulties and all as always and i'll, I'll work out a decent outro at some point but like subscribe share whatever you need to do by various platforms um you can find us now um as of now definitely on spotify as well we're on soundcloud youtube um tune in radio Ditcher, possibly iTunes as well, Google Podcasts, all of those places. If there are anywhere that we're not that you want us to be, let us know via our Twitter. Um, but yeah, aside from that, um, I've been joined by Ben and Stu. I've been Bradley. Goodbye. Cheerio. Yeah.